All righty. I feel like I already had church this morning. I don't know about you. <laughs> that was good. I didn't even want to touch, touch Jacob when he came off the... Like, oh, I'm going to get burned off him, all that fire that was on us. Isn't that good? The Lord's good at me. Um, how many men went to the men's retreat yesterday? I'm, I know you're overweight today. <laughs> I gained a few pounds. It was so good yesterday. Uh, both, uh, Well, it, it was all three. It was body, soul, and spirit got touched big time, you know, especially my body. <laughs> but we had a really awesome time with the Lord. That's how we started, and then we uh, had a really awesome time doing fun things like golf or boating or sleeping, whatever, you know. But And then we ate, like, it was one of the kind of meals where you had to, like, make yourself stop because your taste buds are so energized. Argentine uh, asado, which is amazing. So I just want to thank Luis and... Uh, Jacob, man, they worked themselves to death. That was the only bad thing about it. They had to do all the work. Well, from my perspective, that was good. <laughs> but we really appreciate that. And so if you're a man next year, you can come. I don't know what we're going to do, but it was really good. So amen. The Lord is good. And thank you for Cap Morley and all the people who are doing that. That's such an uh, honor to get to do that and get to have Ken Helser and you know, all those guys to come, which, you know, we've known them people forever. We know Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Hales when he was a baby, so, you know, we're not really wooed and wowed by their, by them. We knew, like, but dude, we knew when you were making a mess in your pants, boy. <laughs> but we love all them. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about this prophetic dream I had the other night, because I think it's for people in this room, not just me. Uh, one, the dream was this. It was very unusual. Uh, I was invited to speak at this Presbyterian church. And the Ch- Presbyterian church was one of these big, traditional, rich churches. And I went into the church, and I was just in awe of the church building because it was just beautiful, and it was packed with worshipers. And I'd never seen this in a church, but it had a wall with guns on it. Uh, yeah, they had all kinds of guns on this wall. I was thinking, wow, I've never seen a church that had guns out in the open. You know, I know people carry guns in churches, and uh, but never had just a display of guns. And they had these honor guards up there, these two guards that were standing up. And they, they said, the first thing we want you to do is bless the guards and pray for them. So I thought, okay, I will do that, even though I'm thinking it's kind of weird having a bunch of guns on the wall. But, you know, so I prayed for, for the honor guards and, and blessed them. And they were very humble people. They, they really, really were real humble. And then uh, uh, I did some men, I preached, and uh, then after I preached, they said, uh, we want to show you our music room. And, you know, a lot of traditional churches have these rooms where the choir practices and they have all kinds of instruments. There. I went into this room, and it was unreal. The, it was like an orchestra room. And they had all kinds of beautiful instruments in there, um, you know, violins and cello. I mean, just just uh, these amazing instruments. And I was just like in awe of what was in that room. Like, I've never seen anything like this in a church. It was just amazing. And then the guy said to me, they said, Byron, this is all yours now. I said, all mine? How do you, how do you, what do you mean it's all mine? He said, this is all yours. 
You just need to receive it. This is yours. And then I woke up. And so for me, um, my little understanding of this is, is I sort of trace a lot of my spirituality from my mama, who were, they were like Baptocostals, okay? That's, that's, that's what they were. So that's kind of how I got influenced spiritually. I, and I know that. I can, I can feel that literally in me. I can feel the spiritual roots. But on my dad's side, they're like long, many Presbyterian pastors and, and all that kind of good stuff. There's like this Presbyterian uh, spiritual heritage, okay, that, that came through my... I've never really, because I didn't really like... I'm just going to be honest. I didn't like Presbyterians. Like, this is boring, you know. Who wants to do this and all that, you know. But God, this is what I feel like the Lord was telling me. There's a spiritual heritage for people in this room. No matter, you know, because God does, it passes down through our family. Okay, it, it passes down. Th- and you, everybody in this room, there's people in your family that were spiritual. Okay, it doesn't matter if they were Presbyterians or Baptists or Holy Ghost, Pentecostals. They were spiritual people. And I promise you, everybody in this room, there's somebody in your history, in your family line that prayed prayed and prayed for you. And God, so God's releasing Inheritance, a spiritual inheritance. That's what I got. God's releasing that right now. He's opening the door. So if, so I really want to encourage you right now. I want to pray over you, okay? If you would like to receive, yeah. yeah. All right, come on. Yeah, that's good. Say it. I really think this is the Lord because I went to a funeral this week in a Presbyterian church, Steel Creek Presbyterian Church down in Charlotte. And uh, we were having a reception after the funeral in the fellowship hall, and they had Scottish tartans, you know, the fabric, the traditional fabric of the Scottish clans. They were all the way around the walls, and they were very expensive uh, that had, and had the names of the people who donated them and what clan it was for and everything. And the Lord spoke to me in there and says, this is Byron's heritage. The Scottish Presbyterian. While I was there, it was at Mike Sherrill's dad's funeral. And, uh, I, and he said, I uh, hold heritage in high regard. And, and he began to speak to me about spiritual inheritance, that he was going to release spiritual inheritance. And, and and so I just wanted to say that because I really think that that what you're getting ready to release is the Lord because I was I was picking up on that this weekend down there. Come on, Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> so why don't you stand up if you can and lift your hands to heaven, believing that the Lord has something for you personally, because everybody has a place at the Father's table. And everybody has food at the Father's table. And everybody has provision at the Father's table. Everybody. Everybody gets it. Everybody. Nobody. Everybody. Everybody. So, Lord, I just pray you just release that. Lord, that things have held it back today. We're saying, Lord, it's time for release. It's time for release. We just call it forth, Lord. We call it forth. We call it forth, Lord. Lord, just release those spiritual inheritances. Right now, Lord, just deposit them. Deposit them, Lord, into the hearts. 
into the minds of your en, people en in this room, Lord. De, de tu pueblo, Señor. Lord, we call it forth today. La llamamos, Señor, ahora. Your inheritance for tu, us, Lord. Tu herencia para nosotros, Señor. There's some of you in this room you didn't get a natural inheritance. Algunos de ustedes no han recibido una herencia natural. Because you didn't have nothing. Porque no la tenía, no tenían nada. But God is telling you today, I've got something for you. Pero el Señor te está diciendo, yo tengo algo para ti. God is saying, I haven't forgotten you. Y el Señor te dice, yo no te he olvidado. I haven't forgotten you. Yo no me he olvidado de ti. And yes, and I want sí. you to have your inheritance. Yo quiero que tengas tu herencia. So Lord, mm. we just ask you to release it to Señor, te pedimos que tú la sueltes ahora. And Lord, we just ask you to restore the years, Lord. Señor, restaura los años. They have been ate away from people. Que han sido perdidos. And where they've been robbed, Lord. Donde han sido robados. And when they've let go of things, Lord. Donde han soltado cosas. We pray for that anointing of restoration. Que la unción de restauración. And recompense, Lord. Hey, just release it to them now, Lord. Suéltala, Señor, ahora. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Gracias, Señor. Oh, Lord. Woo, yeah. Gosh. I wanted to share just something really, really quick. I had, I'm sorry. Compartir algo rápido, rápido. I had a very powerful dream a couple months ago, and I wrote it down. I normally don't write. I know it should yo, be better about In this dream, I had, I was given an apartment, a flat. It was somebody died in our family, and they gave it to my husband, my family. En este sueño, alguien había muerto, y me dieron como herencia apartamentos. Nobody wanted it. Nadie lo quería. Nobody in the family Nadie wanted familia, it. And I was like, quería. hey, it's free. It's for me. I'll take <laughs> Entonces it. Ella dijo, eh, es gratis. Yo lo agarro. So I decided to sell my beautiful farm y yo decidí vender mi, and live in this mi very granja. Small, small one bedroom apartment. Y decidí vivir en este apartamento, and I felt I should just be happy. Y I should yo, be thankful. Y yo sentía que tenía que haber estado feliz. In the dream, we had no room. But I was thankful. Y en el sueño no teníamos muchos cuartos, pero yo estaba feliz. Estaba and I was contento. trying to find places for things, and I noticed a secret door. Y yo estaba tratando de encontrar cosas para poner mis cosas, y vi esta puerta I secreta. I opened this secret door, and it led into another big room. Y yo abrí esta puerta y me llevó a otro cuarto. I was like, yes, now I can have my own room with my husband. Y yo dije, ah, bien, puedo tener este cuarto con mi, con, para mí y mi esposo. And as I was so excited in my thankfulness. I found another door. Y yo estaba tan emocionada y tan feliz y encontré otra puerta. And this door led into a bigger room. Y esta me llevó a otro cuarto más grande. And I was like, "Oh, come on, Lord." Yes. Yo dije, oh, sí, vamos, all, Señor. Is this all mine? Esto es todo mío. And then I found saw this gorgeous wooden carved door. Y después another yo vi secret door. Esta puerta, otra puerta secreta que tenía algo grabado sobre ella. And this led into a, a gorgeous white mahogany hallway, like a foyer with a gorgeous grand piano. Sitting in otro lugar donde había madera hermosa y había un piano hermoso allí. The piano of my dreams. El piano de mis sueños. And then I was like there's no way this belongs to me. Yo dije, no puede ser que It's esto hidden. Sea mío. Like, did they not know this was attached to the apartment? Está escondido aquí, como no se dieron cuenta que está 
Then I walked outside and there was this gorgeous garden with horse stables. Y afuera y había jardines hermosos con lugares para los caballos. And people working the la, horse stables. Y la gente estaba allí trabajando. And I went to the stable hand and I asked him, who does all this belong to? Y yo fui al que estaba allí trabajando en el establo y le dije, ¿a quién le pertenece todo and esto? And he says it belongs to you. Y él me dijo, te pertenece a ti. I said, but that wasn't part of the contract. Y yo dije, pero esto no era parte del contrato. He said, it's yours because you took what no one else would receive. Es tuyo porque tú tomaste lo que nadie quería recibir. That you were thankful. Y tú fuiste agradecida. It was uncomfortable at first. Era incómodo al principio. But look all the riches because of your thankful heart and Mira you todas las riquezas por causa de tu corazón agradecido. So I just want to encourage you that place that's uncomfortable Te you don't animar. see those blessings que si estás en un lugar incómodo recibas tu bendición. Those secret doors are going to start opening up because of a thankful heart. Hay puertas secretas que van a comenzar a abrirse por causa de tu corazón agradecido. The father is a good father. El, nuestro padre es un buen padre. He does not let you lack. El Señor no va a permitir que te he falte nada. He lets you expand. Él find those places. Que te expandas y encuentres esos lugares. I just want to say yeah. that. That's awesome. <laughs> Woo! Oh. <laughs> Jesus is good, Etni. Oh, he's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So I'm going to read this scripture to you. I got 17 minutes. I can do. I can do a 17 minute message. You know, the reason we like to stop at 12 is because we have kids that they're taking care of, and they release the kids at 12. So I've promised them we're going to stop near 12, <laughs> unless Jesus is manifesting, and then y'all just have to figure that out. Get the kid. <laughs> But that, that's why we, we try to do the 12 thing. We're not trying to be ridiculous, but we are trying to be sensitive to people who got children and they're ministering to. Amen? Yeah. Uh, I want to read this. This is a, a beautiful scripture, and I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Uh, it said, It came to pass in the last days, that's these days, this is Acts 2, 17, 18, says God, well, that's something important, right? <laughs> Says God. That I will pour out, out of, not out, but out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maid servants, and on my uh, men servants, and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, so well, it's the prophecy thing. It's the prophetic anointing uh, that I want to point out to you here uh, because I believe, I've, I've said this, that there's a, we're like in a new season of the prophetic. It's just, I don't really know how to explain this to you, but I feel as a new breath on the prophetic that has been released. And so God is stirring in people now, okay? He's stirring in the hearts of prophetic people, okay, because... God, when the Holy Spirit comes, or whenever the Holy Spirit's moving, it's always, you can go through the whole Bible and see, whenever the Spirit of God is at work, the prophetic is manifested. Now, that's really the truth. And so, I feel uh, that God really wants to really release us into this new 
prophetic anointing that he's got, that he's given us. Um, so this morning, one of the things that happened to me during worship, I saw this, I had a vision of this um, bird, <laughs> bird, but it was a baby bird, a young bird. And I thought, well, that's, what does that mean? What's a bird, Lord? I mean, you know, I could think of some bad things about birds in the Bible. But I didn't know what this bird was, particular kind of bird it was. So I, but I had a suspicion of what it was. And it was a baby eagle. And that's interesting. Because eagles represent the prophetic. Okay? And so God, I believe, is really going to really release this prophetic and stir you up because we're prophetic people. Uh, but we have, in the past few years, the, prophet, the breath of the prophetic has not been that strong. If you're tuned into the Spirit, that is not something God has breathed very hard in the past few years. He did for a long time. It was powerful. But it sort of kind of ebbed there. It sort of got a little quieter than normal. And, that, and I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, we lost in the past five years several prophets in this nation. Prophets passed on, went on to finish their time here. And uh, a lot of the other prophets kind of, you know, you didn't hear much out of them. They kind of withdrew a little bit. And so... But I believe we're seeing something new right now rising. I believe we're going to see a whole new generation of prophetic people, uh, young people and old people, because it's, it's for everybody here. That's what it says. And so I want to stir you up this morning about the prophetic and get you to believe in what the Bible really says. So I get you to believe in. I don't know where everybody is about the prophetic in here, so I'm just going to give you some really basic things, okay, that should encourage you uh, Huh? Yeah, two of them, come on, yes, yeah, I'll take a double, let me read this first Thessalonians five eighteen and 19, this is beautiful, listen to what it says, do not quench the spirit, that's, uh, that's what the Holy Spirit says, don't quench me, and then he tells us how not to quench the spirit, right there, I want you to see this, right there, he says, don't do it, and this is what not to do. Do not despise prophecies. Okay? And this is why it says don't despise prophecies. Because the scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, the love chapters, that what? We know what in part we prophesy in part. Let me tell you, say that we know in part we prophesy in part. And because we prophesy in part, we don't always get it right. Let me just say that we're not Old Testament prophets where everything has to be perfect or you're dead. We're living in an age of grace where there's a partial revelation given. We see through a glass dimly, like a mirror dimly. So what we see is not always 100% accurate, which, so there can be difficulties with the prophetic. No, they not just can be. There will be difficulties. There will be uncomfort with the prophetic. Okay? And that, so what Paul was saying here is don't despise it. Don't reject it. You'll do it, if you push it away, you're doing it to your own harm. Are you following me? You're doing it to your own harm if you feel like you've been hurt by the prophetic, which probably a lot of people in this room have felt hurt by it or disappointed by it or discouraged by it or didn't think it was real. Like I had a friend of mine, he had this prophetic guy come to his church and he wasn't ministering there. He just was visiting, he was passing his town, he came to visit with my friend and he had all these words of knowledge for people 
And my friend said, hey, you should give these. He gave about 10 words of knowledge. And here's what some people were saying. Well, he went on Facebook and found all that. That's what they said. You could find all that on Facebook. Well, it might have been true that you could go on Facebook and find that. But I know the guy who did it. And it's like, he wouldn't waste his time looking on Facebook for anything. You know? So it's not that, that kind of person. So... And, you know, in the next, in the very next verse, it tells us what to do about it. It says, judge all things. The very next verse, judge it. Don't be an idiot. Don't just be stupid about it. Engage yourself in the prophetic. I've received prophetic words from people from in time to time, which I didn't necessarily feel like were the Lord. Okay? I didn't mess with the person who gave it. I just like, Lord, if this is you, you need to show it to me or, you know, confirm it some way. Okay? That's all you need to do. Judge all things. Have, use discernment. Use the wisdom of God that you have. Go talk to somebody else about it. Or go talk to the person who gave it to you if you want more clarity and understanding on it. But don't, don't despise it. Don't reject it. That's a terrible mistake. All right, number two. Number two, I'm sounding like a Bible teacher. <clears throat> the prophetic is the lamp of the church. The prophetic is the lamp of the Listen, 2 Peter 1, 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light, listen, as a light that shines in a dark place. A light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Until the day dawns. That's talking about when Christ comes fully. Listen, listen. Everybody in this room has lights in their house. You have lamps in your house. At nighttime, you turn those lamps on, don't you? Okay, we live in a dark world. Jesus is the light of the world, but the way Jesus expresses his light of the world is through a prophetic church. Are y'all, did y'all hear that? And the way we're going to be light in the world is have this prophetic anointing flowing through us which will cause light to come forth. This is not hard to do. Okay? It's not hard to be prophetic. If you think you need a special gift, that's not true. Because the Bible is really clear. Everybody can prophesy. But I'll get to that in just a second. Lord, help. Yeah. The Bible says in Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The test of, That's why, because the question I have is, oh, I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He is. His testimony is the spirit of, prof- of prophecy. Do y'all see that? He's the lamp. Turn the lamp on. You know, or we'll become a dark place. The church will become a dark place. The world needs what we have. They need the light that we carry. Okay, I'm going to hurry up, y'all. Come on. The prophetic is a weapon to overcome the devil's lies and schemes. How about that? Anybody need some weapons? You know, this I charge you, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according, listen, according to the prophecies, previously made concerning you. In other words, Timothy had received prophetic words from people. And then what does Paul tell him to do with those prophecies? That by them you may wage the good warfare. By the word of the Lord's that were given over him. So every situation you and I get into, that should be the first thought we should. What is the Lord doing? Instead of defaulting to worry, defaulting to try to be clever and figuring out what's going on in our life, default to like, what has the Lord what has what is the Lord saying? Have you ever done that in the Lord's blank silent? Then he's already said something. 
So it's either what he's telling you at that moment or you go back to something he's already told you, something prophetically, some promise. And by that, you use that to get through your situation. That's really how, that's what Paul was telling Timothy to do. It's really, really vital because we're all going to be in situations that just baffle us. And instead of getting all tore up and trying to figure things out, we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you showing me right now? What are you doing right now? And if, if you don't get anything right at that moment, think about what God has already shown. There's several words I always go back to, you know, that people have given me that like in, in key moments like that kind of help me get through that moment, help me to navigate the, the moment and be able to deal with what the devil's trying to do to me in that moment because the devil's always trying to take advantage of you, always. So that's a, it's a weapon, okay, Ooh, Lord help. Let me give you, oh, I could give you many scriptures out of the Old Testament uh, because there's about 16 books in the Old Testament are dedicated to prophecy. Uh, actually, did you know that one quarter of the Bible is prophecy? Just just prophecy. That doesn't even mean you know, all the, the other stuff about the, about the prophetic in the Bible. A four, that's a fourth of the whole Bible. The church has spent a fourth of their time. If you looked at it statistically, we should spend a fourth of our time on the prophetic. Because a fourth of the Bible is about the prophetic. There's whole books in the Bible that are nothing about it but the prophetic. So we've got to really stir this thing in us and realize this is part and partial. And every time where the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to release pro- prophetic anointing on people. Yeah, it does. That's right. Yeah. But I did want to give you one scripture here. I just picked out one good one. It's Proverbs 29, 18. Everybody knows this, but I got used the Passion Translation. Because if you have not read the Proverbs in the Passion Translation, please do. It will, it's just the best ever. Like, wow. I read through the Psalms in it. it, took, it the Psalms didn't grab It was like, whoa, this is kind of rough reading the Psalms in the Passion Translation. I'm not sure I like it. It took me, a, you know, about 20 of them. Like, finally, oh, I'm starting to like it now. But, man, the first verse in, in Proverbs was like, oh, my gosh. Proverbs is a brand-new book to me right now. It's beautiful. Read it. Just read the first chapter in the Passion. You can get it on that Bible app, that, what they call that Bible thing, you Bible, you version. They have the Passion on there now. You know, the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. I think Song of Solomon, but, man, it's, it's good. Listen to what it says. Where there is no clear what prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. People quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Isn't that powerful? And I'm going to tell you this story after story after story in the Old Testament where it testifies to when there was a prophet available to Israel, they prospered. They were blessed. When there was no prophetic voice in Israel, they went downhill. You look at it over. It would even state that several times explicitly. Uh, Ezra. Ezra and Zechariah, by their prophecies, the temple was rebuilt. It was, they had prosperity going because they had that dual voice of a, of, of a preacher, a teacher, and a prophetic voice at the same time coming in. And that's, we dearly need that voice. Those voices. You're the voices. We're all the voices. We're the prophetic voice. That's what I want us to see this morning. We're all the prophetic voice. Okay. 
Are y'all still good for a couple more minutes? Three more minutes. Come on. Okay. Number five. This is my prophetic uh, lesson from the last season. See, we went through an amazing move of the prophetic starting in the 80s where God began to restore the prophetic to the church. When I was first born again in the 70s, the way the prophetic worked was somebody would just stand up and, Thus saith the Lord, and, you know, say something. Y'all know, y'all ever been in there? Well, here's the big joke. I'll just tell you this. Give me a couple extra minutes. I love this joke. I read this somewhere. Somebody was talking about that prophetic. Somebody stood up in me and said, Thus saith the Lord, Michelob! He was supposed to say, Thus said the Lord, Ichabod. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> Mich- you know, Michelob is a beer. Ichabod means the glory has departed. He was Eli's son. So this prophet, supposedly, was declaring that God was gone, but he said Michelob. <laughs> well, the joke goes on, and then some other guy says, Thus said the Lord, that wasn't me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that probably really happened. <laughs> well, in the 80s, it's like God began to give a download on the prophetic. Okay? And it wasn't just a few, thus saith the Lord's popping up here and there, and just special people. This verse, 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you can all prophesy. And to me, what the, that prophetic mood did, it, it released that revelation that all of us have the ability in us to prophesy, okay? And, 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 they, and that's what that move did. It really restored the prophetic anointing to the people of God, where it belonged, not just for special, not just for prophets. Now, there's a difference between a prophet and a prophetic person. You know, I'm not claiming prophet, but I am claiming prophetic, okay? You, you don't claim prophet. Prophet claims you. Okay, that's how that works. You don't go around claiming you're a prophet or you're an apostle or even you're a pastor. That claims you. It lays hold of you. And at some point, then you can say it because it, when it's been ever, after you've been beat silly and stomped on, and you know, you, then you can start saying because you're echoing what the Holy Spirit's saying. You know, so, but see, that's what God is doing now. You know, he did, he did all of that, and many people learn how to prophesy. You go to, go to conferences, and they'd have these little things. You'd go to this, these little rooms, and people would prophesy over you. We've all done that. We used to do all that here in the church all the time, you know. But then it just seemed like the life on that just got less and less and less, right? I mean, it did to me. I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, if God's not really breathing on us, don't do it. But and somehow... We kind of lost, you know, something. Maybe we went too far. Um, so, but, but do let me, I do want to say this. There is a foretelling element of prophecy about where we can talk about the future. But I'm not really necessarily saying that's what we're going to do day in and day out. I'm just saying we're going to be prophetic people. And that doesn't mean, you know, in two weeks this is going to happen. No, it means what the, what the New Testament talks about is exhortation, encouragement, comfort. Okay, that, that's the New Testament model. Let me read this. Y'all got a couple more minutes. If you don't, you can just get up and say, I'm done. Give me, let me just do this. All right, let me finish. I will finish this right here. Number six. I don't know if that's really number six. This is what the Lord was speaking to me about. 
that he wanted us to be, I'm just kind of contradicting myself, but just take it for what it's, he wanted us to be prophets of hope and love. Prophets of hope and love. Not prophets of the future. We can be that, and I think there's people in this room who carry that. I really do. I think there's people in this room that carry the mantle to see into the future. Okay, but what I'm talking about now, I'm talking about people who can prophesy hope to people, can prophesy the love of God to people. I think that's where God's heart is really at for the church, is that we'd be those prophets. This is it, Romans 5, 5. Now hope, listen, hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the Holy Spirit is, number one, a spirit of love, and he's, number two, a spirit of hope. That's what he is. Hope cannot continue without love. Love sustains everything. You know, the whole basis of the New Testament ministry of Jesus was based out of love. Paul told us to be rooted and grounded in love in, in Ephesians 3, 3, with that prayer. Be rooted and grounded. Know the height, length, breadth, and depth of love. That's, so everything has to come out of that. Okay? Everything has to come out of that. And so when we had this thing called love, the greatest prophet that I personally knew from the last season was Bob Jones. And his greatest message to the church, I really believe, and I knew a lot of his messages, which I thought were pretty awesome, was this, did you learn to love? And he found out, you know where he got that word from? He got that word when he died and went to heaven and stood before God, and God asked him that. Did you learn to love? And basically, his answer was not yes, but it's so go back and learn to love. But really, that was a message to the church. That was a message to what God, that was a message to our generation. That was a message to the new generations of prophets. Did we learn to love? Back in the day when all this stuff started happening, is that was one of the issues with the prophetic. It's prophetic people were, were, were angry, Dude, I saw a guy in Charlotte one time at this Christian event standing outside dressed like John the Baptist, okay, with a big old cross and this big old giant King James Bible. And he was just going after everybody tooth and nail. And I was thinking, boy, that's a great way, you know. You're just trying to act like John the Baptist. You're not. He's done. That era of prophetic is done. People, that's not what God wants to do now. That's ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing in the world. And he looked at me, and I wanted to go punch the guy because he was mistreating people. He wasn't giving people hope. He wasn't showing people the love of God. You know what I mean? He wasn't doing it. Oh, Lord, did you learn to love? So I think that's the foundation and I think God wants to really uh, release us into that. This is something, you know, you've heard that I'm going to stop, okay? Because I can't go on with it and it be any good. Not like this was any good anyway, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. No, here's something that will help you, okay? Let me just say this. I'll read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3, just so you'll know I'm not lying. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men but to God, but no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries, but he who prophesies speaks, listen, edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. That's what Paul was saying. That's what I want the prophetic to look like day in and day out. I want it to look like that. I want it to, to, for people to get that. 
And everybody in this room, you can say something to somebody that edifies them. Everybody in this room, you can say something that comforts people. See, that's what Paul was saying. Listen, Paul was saying, look, Paul went into heaven, saw stuff he couldn't even talk about. He's saying, I'm lowering the bar. You don't have to go to heaven to do this. You don't have to be a prophet to do this. I'm going to lower the bar. When, if you're born again, you can do this. I'm, I'm lowering the bar. If you're born again, you can be prophetic. Paul opened the door for all of us, okay? And with that verse right there, for all of us to encourage each other, to comfort each other, to exhort each other. We all have that ability. That's what being prophetic is. And once we, you get in the flow in that, you can start moving up with it. You can start getting more stuff. You can start getting stuff from the Lord more specific and more clear to people that's more helpful to them and more, you know, you can really bring them into something greater. So what, here's the daily bread. This is what I'm going to stop at. Daily bread. Okay, everybody has a daily bread. Whether, you, whether, you're, whether you're intentional about it or not, you have something you're going after every day of your life. There's something you're thinking about. There's something, something you want. Okay, right? I mean, dude, you don't just go through life unless you just not, don't have a brain inside your head. You've got some kind of focus going on. This is a, a great daily bread. One is to, to seek the presence of the Lord. Every day in your life, like this is my daily bread. I want to encounter the presence of the Lord. That's what I do every day. Lord, I'm good. I don't have to have no long conversations with you. I don't have to talk about anything. I just want your presence in my life. I want to feel your presence. I don't want some daggone theological thing that God's everywhere. That's great. I know he is. I don't need to know that. I need to know you are, Lord. I need to feel you. I don't want to be married to a woman that never loves me, Lord. That would be stupid. I got a little rambunctious. <laughs> we need that encounter with the Lord every day of our life. We do. We need it. You may not get it every day of your life, but you can go after it. Seek to be loved. Seek to be loved. Because you can't love other people if, unless you know love on a personal basis. The more you are loved by God, the more you're going to love God. And I'm going to tell you the second person you're going to love. First God, then you're going to love yourself. And the Bible says, love others as you love yourself. That's a key. That's key for some people in this room. Because I spent a lot of my life not loving me. How did I treat people? Badly. But once I began to understand the love of God and know His love, I had something to run in me, an engine in me that caused love to be birthed for myself. I, I began to love me. I'm like, man, I'm loving me. You know, I really love me now. But that's a righteous love because it comes from Him. And then you can begin to release that love to other people. You can begin to release it because you have it flowing in you. Amen. So you seek that. You seek the presence of the Lord. Seek to be loved. Seek to know love. And seek to love other people. Seek to love other people. Seek it out. You know, think about it. Think about things you can say to people, encourage people, or help people. Or even sometimes you have to admonish them, but you can do it in a way that there's love all over it, in a way that promotes them. That's being prophetic. The bar's down here for you this morning. You can step into this. You can step into this. Amen? I'm done. I, I, there's more to say, but I'm done right now. Come on, now, stand up. Hey, who wants to be prophetic? Ray, Ray, wave your hand. Say, God, look at me. Look at me, Lord. 
I want a prophetic anointing. I want more than I got. Increase in me, Lord. Let my daily bread be, Lord, your presence. Let my daily bread be knowing, knowing love. Teach me love, Lord. Teach me, let me learn love. And if I went to heaven, Lord, and God asked me, did you learn to love? I could look into his eyes and I could say yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, Lord. And Lord, teach me to love other people. Show me how to love people, Lord. Speak comfort to them, Lord. Exhortation and encouragement. And I just want to specifically pray for people in here who really carry a pretty pretty high level of the prophetic. There, there are several people in here that do. Hay varias personas que están aquí que tienen esta unción. Y yo quiero animarles a estas personas. El Señor quiere activarte. Todos los que están en el ministerio saben este secreto. La unción no funciona. Until you put a demand on it. Hasta que tú no pongas una demanda sobre ella. As long as you're not putting a demand on it, it's just going to sit there and be still. Si no pones una demanda sobre la unción de Dios, va a quedar ahí. When you begin to pull on it, pero cuando tú comienzas a agarrarla, it releases. Y se soltada. And it goes to, and does what you really can't do. Y va y hace lo que tú no puedes hacer. So we can sit around and have all this anointing in us. Podemos sentarnos y estar aquí y tener toda esta unción. But if we're not using it, pero si no la usamos. It's not helping. No va a ayudarnos. It's being wasted. Es, es, se pierde. And God doesn't waste. Y Dios no le gusta so gastar. Yeah, especially for people who carry a strong prophetic anointing. Sobre todo las personas que tienen una unción profética muy fuerte. Lord, I just ask you to activate them. Señor, yo te pido que tú los actives. And let them begin to flow like a river. Señor, deja que ellos fluyan como un río. In the church. En la iglesia. And wherever their feet take them, Lord. Es donde tú los lleves. They'd be intentional about it. Van a ser intencional sobre este tema. And Lord, for the rest of us, para el resto de nosotros, they don't always feel very prophetic. Quizás no siempre te sientas profético. Lord, let us remember what you said. Ayúdanos a recordar lo que tú nos has dicho, Señor. You can all prophesy. Todos pueden profetizar. And let us be people who say, "Well, if you said it, I'm doing it." Y di conmigo, estoy haciéndolo, Señor. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name. Te pido en el nombre de Jesús. I do want to say something that the prophetic is very close to the anointing of healing. They work together. So if you want to see healing, go after the prophetic. You don't have to stand here and prophesy. But I do want I do feel God is about to release healing in his house again like we never seen it before. So we better pursue this. I'll tell the Hispanics later what I just said. Amen. Can the ministry team, can you all come on up? If you want prayer today, for something that uh, you grabbed a hold of today, come on up and get prayer before you leave. If you need 
healing, we always want to pray for you. Si necesitas sanidad, ven aquí, vamos a orar por ti. If not, you can be released. Si no, puedes ir y ser bendecido. Have an amazing week. Tengo una semana maravillosa. Go practice your prophecy. Practica el, el don profético. Úsalo. Encourage the world. Anima a la gente del mundo. Amen. Amen.